0: My time in the Philippines was spent visiting family and friends, checking out the nightlife and discovering food I never thought would exist. The country is such a melting pot of different cultures and cuisine, all influencing each other and giving a reason for people to visit. The Philippines as a whole has so much to offer as far as tourism with its beautiful beaches and islands, the many scenic destinations and the regional cuisine.
1: Welcome to the Roaming the Earth Podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today I am here with Julius Mayo Jr. Julius Mayo Jr. is a photographer, digital marketer, and content creator. He travels for food and plans trips around the US and abroad to discover local food and culture, sharing the experience through social media channels and his food blog, Julius Food photos that make you drool Starting the Julius blog in 2010, he shared his travel and food experiences helping people find good places to eat. He also used the website and photography to showcase local restaurants and food trucks leading to a social media marketing business. The blogging experience led to presenting as a speaker at food blog conferences and teaching photography live on stage. Julius has collaborated with brands, including Walt Disney World and KEH Camera to host food photography workshops to teach influencers how to capture food with cameras and lighting techniques. The goal is to travel the world and eat everything while inspiring others to discover different cultures through food. Welcome. Thank you so much for for being here, Julius Mayo Jr. Julius Mayo Jr. Jr.
0: Thanks for having me. I love the accent. I love the Filipino accent.
1: I just, you know, you're Filipino, so I'm like, I gotta say it right.
0: Yes, please. That's awesome.
1: Julio <laughs> Jr. Got
0: it. You're like I'm in the Philippines right now.
1: Right? Exactly. So talk about that excerpt that you read in the beginning. What is that from? And yeah, talk about
0: it. Yeah, so in 2014, I ended up going to the Philippines um, it was for actually a family emergency. So I actually went with my mom and it was the first time traveling with her to the Philippines. So, uh, and we also had my sister there. So we went there and you know, we had to uh, you know, visit the family and, and, and do everything with them. And then I actually decided to stay. So I actually ended up staying two more weeks in the Philippines. And I hung out, with, reconnected with some cousins I haven't seen in a while. And I just went on this like food adventure and it was such a great time. It was just discovering local food. That's where actually it kind of kickstarted my, my interest in ramen. So like, you know, because there was all these Japanese uh, restaurants coming from Tokyo or from Japan to to Manila, and there was local chefs. And then that kind of sparked my interest. And that led from the, um, from there, I actually went to Japan after that. And then I had like, 10 days of eating ramen. And uh, so it was pretty much, I, I went there with, with one week intent of, of just, you know, visiting family and I stayed for like another month. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was crazy. It was, it was a good time. Yeah.
1: So was it ramen that was your favorite thing that you ate there or what was it that
0: well in the philippines i mean ramen was one of the things that it sparked my interest uh going into japan but in the philippines there were just so many things that i tried like street food for the first time my cousins took me and they're like okay we're gonna try this uh um you know the 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 street like street meat right meat on the stick right so basically the the pork barbecue skewers that are popular oh, at Filipino parties um the uh a I me- what's that
1: the fish ball. Did you try the fish ball? Yeah, fish
0: balls, the uh, quack, 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 quack.
1: Oh, the quack, quack, the, quack yes. The little,
0: yeah, those things, the little balls and, and or not balls, the uh, quail eggs, right?
1: Yeah, they're like eggs inside of like, the quack, quack had the orange.
0: Yeah, powder. like natto an and a, like a batter. Um, and then what else? Have we, I tried like traditional Filipino food that was really good. You know, just having, a, you know, going there, experiencing the market. The palenque, and then and then trying like lechon, like fresh roasted, you know, pig, and oh, it was so good, you know. So yeah, that was a, that was definitely an experience, and and then leading into the Japan trip, and and it just kind of reinforced like my my purpose, right, to kind of discover food and and share it with it, and then and I posted it on my social media accounts, like Instagram. I created my own hashtags uh, Julius Philippines, Julius Manila, drillius Tokyo, drillius Japan. So all these hashtags. So now when people travel, they can actually see where I've been and try the restaurants. Cause I try to tag them as much as possible. So yeah,
1: that's awesome. And yeah. how did it feel like you
0: were born in, in the U S right? Yeah. I was born in LA. I was born in LA, grew up in Florida and I didn't travel to the I went to college in Florida. So up until I was, um, you know, 22 or 21 or 22, I had never been to the Philippines. Oh, um, wow. I went there in 2000, right? I had just graduated college. I'm like, okay, I'm showing my age, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like totally blown away. And we landed, I remember we landed in the Philippines and it was like, you know, oh my gosh, it's so different, you know? And I was like, oh, there's a jeepney there. Oh, these are all the stories I heard about jeepneys and all that stuff, right? Then the next then we had one night out in Manila the next day we took, or the, the next evening, we took a super ferry, which is like a kind of like a, a an old cruise ship. And we took it and they're like, we're going to Coron uh, Palawan. Oh I, and back then, I didn't know anything about it. Oh and God. now I'm like, this is where the history of the Mayo family, we have roots in Coron Palawan, which Coron is like know. one of the top destinations for travelers in the world. So I got to experience that in 2000. It was like, Nobody's you know, there. <laughs> no one went there. I mean, there were people there. There were definitely tourists, but I just didn't know. And then w- in the last five years watching YouTubers and, and a lot yeah. of people from like, you know, Western countries go there and establish themselves in Philippines and making themselves like full-time vloggers. It's really interesting how Quran is like the spot to go to. Yes. You kind of connect the dots of all the things that you experienced as a child. You understand the language, the mannerisms and everything. (laughs) And I think that just really kind of, you know, hit home and you're like, wow, I am home. You know, this is what I grew up with the culture. And I think um, after that, the next time I had went was I went in 2007, but I went with like my club promoter friends and we like flew from L.A. And we went, that was like the party time, right? And we went to Baracay <laughs> nice. and we met all of our Bay Area and LA friends there. And it was that was a different experience. That was like clubbing, going to all the clubs in Manila. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, I barely saw any family that trip. I felt bad. And then <laughs> I went again in 2014 and 15. And that's when I really got, dived really deep into the food. And my last trip there was 2019. So, I mean, any opportunity I could get, I would just travel right i would travel from florida i would always go to the west coast chicago new york la vegas it's like i would always travel for 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 try to find any gigs i could and i would always try to experience the local food so that's kind of when i when you know i aspired to travel internationally and i've been to japan and, and the philippines several times the only type part of europe i've been to is um is ireland and that was on a uh, like a blog trip a sponsored trip. So I've been to Mexico, uh, f- for like a hotel brand. And, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, that I try to travel as much as I can and to create my own opportunities. And, and they usually something will prevent, present themselves. So going back to that, like, what does travel mean to you? Uh, travel to me just means discovering, Uh, the world and discovering the unknown, like learning about different people and cultures. And, and sometimes you just dive deep into it. And when you're, when you're younger, you, you get to, you know, if you can, if you, if you're brave enough to be able to, to just go and create that, take that step, I think it's a a great way to kind of grow as a person and learn about different, uh, different cultures. And, and I actually, I used to be a travel agent too. So yeah, I was a travel agent for like a good year. (laughs) Yeah, it was called STA travel. It's, uh, basically they were in a lot of, uh, for students. So we, we, we handle a lot of tickets for, for, um, for international students and all that. So, and that was at, at the university. I went to university of central Florida, UCF, and I used to work at student union and we'd have international travelers come in like, uh people who did study abroad programs and and so of course i would tell them like we're the good local places to eat at right so. <laughs> but yeah so it's always revolved around food and travel for me and with unknowingly or when you think when i reflect i'm like wow i've actually have had experience you know with and it's always tied in together
1: when did that decision or traveling for food happen where was the beginning of that
0: so and it's funny, uh, we were in Clubhouse the other day, and, I was, and and my friend was like, hey, I heard you you said that you started your your blog out of necessity. He's like, what did that mean? And I was like, okay, so in 2008, um, the, I, I come from the automotive background and automotive lifestyle. So when that uh, market kind of tanked, um, I was like, I need a new project to show off my photography. And uh, what happened was I was in Fisherman's Wharf in, in San Francisco, and uh, I used to have a little point and shoot camera and I would always take pictures of my food. Right. Didn't share it. I just like taking pictures of food for some reason. Like back then, then I think I shared it on like MySpace or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a little mini blogging on, on that or on like uh, Asian Avenue or something like that. So, you know, posting that and um, my camera died and I was like, oh, man, like I don't have a camera. I don't have a, this. There's this nice. I think it was a sea bass dish or something is in front of it. Like, I don't have anything to take. I'm like, wait, I have my big DSLR camera. I took one shot. I'm like, it went, it was like lightning hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, why have I never taken a photo of my food with my actual big camera that, or my professional camera I take, you know, do all this other stuff with, right? And from there, I'm like, and I'm in San Francisco and I, you know, next city, I would go to Chicago and I knew I was going to, to all these cities. I'm like, my gosh, this is it. Like I'm traveling for food now. Like that's what I'm doing. Cause it's like, I want to share that experience with everyone. So that's, that's really what happened. And, 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 and two years later in 2010 is when I started the blog. So wow. it was just that one aha moment. I, I just, I literally did something. I took that picture of that one dish and it just sparked like everything. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. And then there is that like moment of like. I think I'm onto something, you know, like mm-hmm. I have this amazing idea. And at that time, no one was doing that. That was like new. Yeah. No one was doing that. Yeah. You know, people were taking photos of their food, maybe, but like not blogging about it. I think that was pretty, that's a pretty new thing because the internet was pretty new, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was
1: round, but it wasn't like it is now. And
0: for social media, it was only like Friendster, MySpace, right? So back then you would have to host your photos on like Flickr or there was was this uh, website called um, FotKey, which is like, I would post photos on there, F O T K I, Like all these random websites that you you, you had to pay to host your photos. And when Facebook came out, Like, wait! I can actually upload as many photos as I want for free. You know, people take that for granted now. That that you know, we didn't have these sharing platforms. I mean, I knew what a food blog was, and I didn't really visit any. But I just wanted to. I just wanted to have a place to display my photography and share about my travel. And I just. I guess I just started it. You didn't have any
1: expectations.
0: No, I, I totally did not. I totally just like. Well, you know, I'm just gonna post a bunch of my travel content I've never posted before. And what ended up happening was at 2010, I launched a blog and like within the year, all these camera DSLR cameras became available. Now, all of a sudden, everyone was a a photographer and no one was really hiring to fly people out anymore to do photography, not at least from Florida. So then I actually became like kind of like hyper local. And that's where I put my bio. I I helped feature local restaurants and food trucks because that became like it is now where you have to kind of travel through food, right? Like right now in the pandemic, like you're really, you're experiencing cultures. If you cult different cultures, if you go out and seek a local restaurant, you can get to go food from, or if you know a new restaurant open or, you know, that opened up and it's a different cuisine, then maybe that's kind of like you travel through flavor and through, you know, and through different cultures. And I think back then in 2010, it was like, I was still traveling, but not as much, but then I was like, okay, I can still, you know, technically travel right in my state of florida and i and i still went to different cities and from there i had opportunity uh two years into the blog uh, i started getting invited to all these conferences and i would try and then i would do uh i would get invited to food festivals i would take pictures of for clients and then i started traveling for food and taking photos for clients of food and then you know satisfying my local curiosity and appetite so it's really like Something that has just been ongoing since then.
1: It it was an innocent passion. You didn't have another thing. Like, I think nowadays people do stuff on the internet because their goal is I want to make money from this, or I want to go do this, or I want to be famous, or I don't know. Like, you know, there's other intentions, but you were just doing it because you loved it and it was something that I did
0: it because I loved it. Yeah, for sure. I did it for the passion of it. And just, and just really, for me, it was just trying to help local businesses and, and wherever I was like, because once you posted a photo, whether it be on the blog or even on Facebook um, and this was like pre Instagram, the first two years, it's like, Oh wow, where do I go? Where do I find this? And I kind of found satisfaction of helping people find that good food while I traveled. And also, you know, having that thought that I'm helping that local restaurant. Right. So it's kind of like twofold where you where you help the viewer, but you also help the local, you know, the local business that you know, so that way it gets more traction. And and now that you see it, a lot of people are like, oh, I just want to be an influencer. I just want to take. Yeah. Photos. And, and it's totally changed. Right. And I think people do it for the wrong intentions. But for me, number one is always to be able to share that experience and help people find um, the good food.
1: I think it's better when you do something because you love it and you're passionate about it. Otherwise it's a job. Yeah. you, you want to be famous. You want to make money off of like, you know, mm-hmm. social media or whatever, which is fine, you know, but yeah, it's, it, fine. it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's different. It's just a different kind of like, it fuels you differently. And, yeah. And the intention when, when it's like something that you actually love, like you're really passionate about helping other people. You're really passionate about just food. You're already doing it before you even posted it. Right. And, and then it just naturally progressed. That's why I think it's like a natural progression that way, because Mm -hmm. there is no other intention except to, you know, because it's, it's what you love.
0: Right. And I, I think the, and I think that's what blogging is the same way is, is like, and now I admit, I don't get to blog as often because now I have my social media agency and I focus on content creation for different businesses. But at the same time is, you know, back then when I did it, no, I mean, there was only limited now people doing it. And they were, we were like, just like travel bloggers, right? They were literally doing to share and help people to, to go on that, you know, that path that was just not normally taken. And you would go to blogs for advice. And now um, You know, people are just trying to do whether if it's food, travel, fashion, and they're really just trying to use it to become famous or become that, you know, influencer, right? Before the word influencer, you know, there were, it was tastemakers, right? Then right. trendsetters. Right. So the, the, the term has been around for a long time. It's just regurgitated into a different, you know, word, right? 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 So, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh my God, you know, people really are stressed about not having that big audience like you know it's it's crazy it's like no do it for the love of and the passion of sharing the experience not to build your followers and i think that's where a lot you know and i am not like talking you know smack about younger people but there's this you know they've only known social media and numbers right and they don't know that okay just go out and discover a restaurant and share it because you like it, not because a public relations company or marketing company invited you, right? And I think that's with, with the current state, that's what a lot of people want to attain to be able to eat for free. But yeah. the authenticity is not there, you know? And
1: that's it. That's the
0: word I was looking for. are mm-hmm. very authentic. And
1: I think that's that's a thing that we lack, you know? like people ask me why I do my podcast. I did my podcast because I broke my foot and I was like (laughs) wanting to live vicariously through people. And I was like, I can't go anywhere. It's the pandemic, you know, like all this stuff. And I wanted to nerd out on people's lives (laughs) and live vicariously through them. So it came out of that. And I think when something comes out of that, that it will just, it will grow naturally, because you're not trying. I mean, you right. know what I mean? And it's not so stressful because mm-hmm. you're just doing it out of the
0: love for what you're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. I, I think that's the challenge for a lot of people right now is, is they're doing it for the numbers or doing it to get famous. Or, I mean, I've, I've even fallen into that, the trap of the, the numbers game because, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I, I can see someone like literally start their Instagram two years ago and now they're up to like 50, 60, 70, 100,000, right? Me, I started Instagram back like eight years ago, nine years ago, and I'm at, at, you know, I'm not gonna say the number, but it's definitely not that high, right? So it's like- It's pretty high. What's that?
1: It's high, it's high, you know? Yeah,
0: 15,000, it's good. But the thing is everyone's like, wow, you've done this for a long time, shouldn't you be higher? I'm like, no, that's not what it is because the thing is, if you're only concerned with the numbers, you're, n- you're not in it for the right reasons In the longevity right- wise, you're not gonna be doing it for 10 years later like I am. Right. You know? And I have to constantly remind people that you, know, you do this out of the passion and the kind of heart because you want to share, right? You share for your, the experience and not necessarily for your, for your numbers to, to look good. Because what happens when you get that larger following, it, instead of being about the food and the, and the restaurants, now it's about me, 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 which I was, you know, which I think all of us kind of call it kind of fall into that. And you have to kind of reset, you have to reset the room. <laughs>
1: right. Like Instagram changed their algorithm. Right. And you're just like, what, you know, and it messes with you. And then I had to like, take a moment to just be like, who cares? Like, I just want to post nice things. Like, who cares? you know, and you have to check yourself because it does get to your, like, you messes with you. You know what I mean? Like thinking about numbers and things like that.
0: And I, and respect to you creating your podcast out of the, you know, out of just wine, sheer wine to do. it. It's not like I'm going to monetize. You know, I think a lot of people want to start podcasts or YouTube because they think I'm going to monetize, I'm going to be famous and all that stuff. Right. And it's really, you know, it's, it's more for me, it's more about the stories. Like you're, you're, I, I listened to some of your episodes very well very well put together. I'm just like, wow, these, these people are deep. You know, that's the one thing I'm like, these introductions are deep, you know, they're very right. meaningful.
1: Yeah. And that's all, that's what I wanted. I wanted something that's like, I wanted to create a community. I wanted mm-hmm. to have this community of people that were just, they love passion the passion for travel. And they're just, you know, they mean like they all have different things about them and I wanted to learn from them. Honestly, I just wanted to learn from other people and learn about mm-hmm. their experience. And to me that like feeds me, you know, it's really a selfish reason. Like, I'm like, I want to know, like, you know, and also I wanted to get tips from you or Mm. whoever's on my podcast about where to go and what their experience was like. And it's just, to me, very inspiring. So yeah. And I think if you come from that place, that those challenges as somebody who's doing social media and things like that kind of fade away because then the intention is coming from your, the authenticness of your heart, you know, right to talk about that. What are some of the challenges that you face?
0: Okay. So for me, the challenge could be like having all this content and you know, wanting to post while you're on the road, but then you also need to enjoy the road. And I really don't understand how travel like full-time travel bloggers or even vloggers, YouTubers, how they can post and how they can travel and post like simultaneously. Um, so, I think the challenge for me is I have a lot of backlog content. So, it's like a stuff that I can share, you know? So, I think the challenge for me is keeping up with the content and still enjoying the experience in person. And I, I've, in, in the, the last two trips that we've I've taken, like 2018 went to uh, Japan for two weeks, and 2019 went to uh, Japan for a few days into the Philippines. There's a lot of content I haven't posted yet and it's it's video content it's and and i posted most of the photos but there's still plenty of photos to post but i just wanted to curate those stories like after and not during like during you know it's like instagram stories just to share and 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 kind of generate people's interest like oh yeah coming soon to a blog near you (laughs) or a youtube video you know right i think the challenge for me is just to keep up with the content but i think right now like when, when last year whenever we were on lockdown I'm like okay now it's the time to share all the content but the thing is I was very careful uh to not um obnoxiously say hey you know here's all my travel photos from the last few years you know but I think people really needed that and and are inspired by it yeah. and that's really all we can do is is kind of share experiences and if we inspire just one person I think that's what is like very meaningful in in life to be able to experience or to, uh, you know, to uh, inspire someone to do something else to kind of like step outside their comfort zone and experience something and and create their own. So the challenge for me is just keeping up with the content and putting it out there and, uh, and, and keeping up with it because you know you're doing social media you you're doing their blog now I'm trying to do YouTube you know it's like all these things that you're trying to do and 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 then you kind of have to set them out and say okay well let's 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 reflect on the experience itself and not get too caught up on on sharing you know and um I think that's for me that's been the challenge for over the years is just taking tons of photos and not um having the time to to do with them because when you come back, you have to work, you have, have life and all that so Sometimes, the you know, the, the experiencers are just meant to experience, I think, and, and not necessarily, not necessarily share with the world, every single detail, but I think there's room to always share later on and, uh, and to provide value and help people, uh, who want to travel and discover food.
1: Who, who is your inspiration? Like who was the person that inspired you? to do all this? Was there something or someone that like, you know, you were like, Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually met him too once. So Anthony (laughs) Bourdain.
1: Oh, yes. You met uh, him.
0: Yeah. I met him. Yeah. He was in Orlando on a speaking, on his speaking tour. And, uh, they did like a private event. You could pay to get your ticket or you could pay for a ticket to kind of have some, uh, some of the local chefs kind of did like a big spread and, and welcomed him to the city, and it was at Hard Rock Orlando, right. and he was such a kind person, he was like, guys, don't worry, I'm here till the end, we'll take a photo with everyone, wow. I'll, ta- I'll say hi to you, um, you know, take your, and I had this, um, he had written a graphic novel, like a like a, a comic book, and I had him sign it
1: oh Um, wow Yeah,
0: and then and then and that but that's the first time i actually met him but i actually have seen him at different events south beach food and wine um there was this event called the great Guga Muga, which was like a food and music festival in in um prospect park in 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 new york so i've seen him in person i've seen him interact with other you know uh food personalities and and like his sidekick zamir was there for for (laughs) all the things and so very uh kind person and uh and of course i just remember that first time watching uh no reservations on on travel channel and just seeing him like where i, I it was an episode i didn't know who he was he was just dropped off in the middle of the field and then he started finding food and then it was like i think it was monday It was like every week you know that theme song kicked in i was so happy and excited uh and yeah and then and then just jumping into the food world, right? Meeting Anthony Bourdain, and then you would, and I've, uh, you know, who's an inspiration. And then you see his friends, right? Uh, and then I think he really transitioned the world of food where he talked about all these chefs that, you know, you really, if you weren't into French cooking or world cooking, you didn't know, right? But um, I ran into uh, Jose Andreas at, at Disney Springs. This was years ago. And then a couple years later, he has a restaurant at, at Disney Springs now, you, you know? And and then I, I got to meet Andrew Zimmern, who did like the first episode I saw, be, you know, that featured the Philippines on Travel Channel. And I met him at South Beach Food and Wine, um, just at an event. And we kind of just, I kind of just casually said hi to him. He had bodyguards. And, and I was like, oh yeah, I enjoyed your episode in the Philippines. He's like, oh, you saw that one? And then I got to interview him at a Disney event years later. So it's one of those things, it's like kind of like just starting watching Anthony Bourdain and how he featured and all these chefs and, and, and food personalities, then I've actually gotten to connect with these people live in person because of the food uh, industry and what I do. And that will probably be a, a good, I don't know, maybe make some YouTube episodes or something with it and on the blog. Yeah. So uh, I'm there, very thankful for that inspiration because it really kind of just taught me just to try everything and, and just put yourself out there and, and learn about the people and discovering uh, discovering a country's culture through their food because I think that's a common place that we can all connect through, uh, you know, no matter where you go in the world, that I think if someone opens up their home to you, it's it's meaningful because they want to share their their food, their family, their culture, culture with you. So I think food definitely, you know, kind of like breaks down barriers and opens doors.
1: Have you ever met somebody like meaningful during your travels outside of Anthony Bourdain? Yeah who has been um, the most meaningful person you've ever met
0: oh meaningful
1: yeah
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i do have a meaningful story okay <laughs> and this is one of those like once in a lifetime like how did this happen type of type of uh, stories I'll, t- I'll share with this uh i wish i stayed in contact with him but i just don't i pretty much i had i spent a day with uh with this japanese guy and i never heard from him again but it really re-emphasized like the culture of Japan and wanting to help people. So so I'm at this restaurant in Tokyo. Uh, it's called Ivan Ramen. And if I don't know if you're familiar with the story with Ivan Ramen. Ivan is a uh, Jewish chef from, um, I think he's Jewish. He's a chef from New York. And he ended up going to Japan and he opened up a restaurant, right? So here's this, uh, you know, uh, Caucasian guy from America who decides to open up, a ramen restaurant uh, based on chicken broth rather than pork, right? Oh. So it's kind of new and all that. So I went to that. It was a little bit outside of Tokyo. I went to his, you might have to fact check me on, on that broth thing. but So I went, I, I took a train um, to his restaurant and I sit down, you know, I'm looking through the menu. I ordered, I, I went to the vending machine and kind of just like guessed what to order. And this guy comes with like, uh, you know, asking me if I'm from the US or America, I said, yes. And he was like, oh, can I talk to you? I want to speak. I would like to practice my English. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Let's just, let's chat it up. Right. And I think his name was Yoshi. And you know, he was like, you know, he served me my ramen. I was taking pictures. And, and in Japan, when you sit down for ramen, it's like a five to 10 minute thing. Like you're in, you're out and that's it. And I'm sitting there taking all my pictures, taking yeah. my time. And then he was like, would you like to try more ramen? I'm like, yeah, sure. So he'd make me some small sample bowls. Which I didn't know if he was allowed to do. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, this is so good. He's like, you enjoy? I'm like, yeah. He's like, would you like to um, would you like to go with me to the birthplace of Ramen? I was like, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So he's like, wait, I'm off in like like an hour. So I'm just sitting there hanging out, taking pictures of like whatever. He's he's like, All right, I have to go home first. Uh, can we walk? I'm like. Uh, okay, sure. I'll just walk with you. Random guy in Japan, right? But you know, J- Japanese people are very nice and they're very hospitable. They're helpful. I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to roll with it, right? Like, what else am I going to do, right? So I'm walking with this guy to his house. It's raining. He gave me his umbrella and he's like soaking wet. I'm just walking with him. It was a probably a good 15 minute walk to his house. And then he was like, okay, cool. He's like, do you smoke? I'm like, no, I don't smoke cigarettes. He's like, no, do you smoke? I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't do that. And I'm like, Dude, we're in Japan. Isn't that illegal? Like, super illegal, right? He's like, okay, I'm just going to go outside and, and, and smoke really quick and relax. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, if my parents come home, just tell them you just say hi. I'm just like, okay, this is weird, right? So then, yeah, this is how crazy his day was. He's like, okay, you ready to go? He's like, yeah, let's go. He takes me through these little alleyways, and I, we ended up eating, I think, three more bowls of ramen. So by then that was like my fifth or sixth bowl of ramen at the end, but he's just taking me. He's like, do you like it? Do you like it? One was very fishy, which I grew up being allergic to seafood. Uh, you know, funny cause Filipinos love seafood, but I just, at the time growing up, I never, I wasn't used to that. So I had the food and I tried to eat as much as I could. The last place was the best food, but I couldn't, I could, I was too full and this guy was rolling out dumplings, stir frying, you know, stir frying, uh, food, um, meat and vegetables to go into the ramen, like super unique. And then, you know, so this is like hours pass. I'm just with a guy I just met a few hours ago. And he's like, Hey, uh, we're going to go meet my, my girlfriend back in Tokyo. So look, so we go back to Tokyo and he doesn't let me pay for anything. Nothing. He will. He refused what? to let me pay. Right. We get to Tokyo, um, and he's like, Oh, this is my girlfriend. I'm like, Okay, hi, nice to meet you. He's like, Do you have line? I'm like, Yeah. So we, got, he's like, Let me know if you need any more help. We trade line is kind of like their app that they contact with, it's kind of like WhatsApp, but okay. line is in Japan or like Viber in the Philippines. So line is okay. like, Yeah. So this is my line. And he's like, Okay, you know, nice meeting you. And I meet, I say bye to him and his girlfriend. And I never saw him again. I, I'm not in contact. Yeah. Cause line, when I came back to the US, like, um, like the app, something changed with the app and I never heard, I just don't have in contact with him anymore.
1: You don't remember his name? His
0: name is Yoshi, I'm pretty sure.
1: What's his I'm last name? I'm pretty sure. What? What's his last name?
0: I don't know. <laughs> That's why it's very meaningful the experience. And I met this guy that took me around to all these places to eat, you know, and didn't refuse to let me pay for my bus, my train, everything so hospitable. And then I just never saw him again. Did he work? He didn't work at that restaurant. He was just like. No, he worked. Oh, sorry. He worked at the restaurant, but that restaurant has since closed. So I don't know how to get in contact with him. God, so, so weird. <laughs> right. So I hope that was a good story.
1: That's a great story. <laughs> I mean, what a meaningful person. Like he just told totally yeah. you around under it took you under his wing. I was like, let's go eat. Like, yeah, oh, amazing. Yeah. Wow.
0: That was one of those amazing uh, travel experiences that. I don't know if you would get that anywhere else because one, the level of trust, right? Like, you know, yeah, pretty much if you leave your purse or wallet or uh phone in Japan, like it will be there the next day. It'll be there three days later. Wow. Japan. Wow. I experienced that. Like uh, the, uh, another year where I left, I, I had rented a cell phone and I forgot it at this Izakaya. And my friend, I'm like oh dude i forgot my phone he's like yup you better go get it i'm like wait you want me to walk wait wait a second i can walk by myself i'm in japan and i got back and i went to the shop and the, and the owner's like oh i'm so sorry i didn't see your phone before you left like he was so apologetic and Aww. he's like here you go your phone so that's the thing with japan like if you meet someone and they're willing to take you on their wing or just like you can pretty much if you're just at the train station you're kind of looking around nine times out of ten someone comes like hey do you need help can i help oh. you train so in in japan i it's very well at least in tokyo and osaka they speak english and they, it's very helpful there wow so, yeah so those like, travel experience like you i don't know of any other place that i could have experienced that where you trust the stranger to kind of take you around and i'm sure there's stories like that you know yeah
1: but i have, I have stories like that but not like that
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so We're just going to call him Yoshi, you know, respect, you know, my gosh.
1: One day Yoshi's going to listen to this and be like, that's my friend.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Yeah. But it's on my blog. I put the story out there. Some of it. I didn't put the the smoking part in there just (laughs) because I'm in trouble, but. um, That's funny. I I don't smoke, so I don't, I don't know. But, but yeah, it was, it was a very unique experience and you kind of, kind of put your trust in, 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 you know, in your faith, the universe that just like, or you just roll with the experience, you know? And luckily for me, it turned out to be, it worked out. And I'm, I've read travel stories like that, where people, you know, show their hospitality there. And there's just so much gratitude that there are kind people out there to kind of create the experience that out of the kindness of their own heart, like he didn't have to do that. He wouldn't let me pay. He wouldn't let me, he wouldn't let me do anything. You know, he was like a, just like younger, you know, probably in his early twenties. At the time I was probably in my early thirties. And it's just, it's just amazing. Like that, that people, you know, there's just good people in the world.
1: There are for sure. And you meet those people when you travel. Yes. No, you really do. Like, I know I have, I've met people while I'm traveling and then it surprises me and it reinforces that thought that I have that most people in this world are good. Yeah, for sure. And it's awesome. Yeah. Have you ever met a chef that changed the way that you view food?
0: Uh, I mean, gosh. There are so... There, I'm trying to narrow it down because there's That's been multiple... Shows. <laughs> uh. Okay. <laughs> I have one and... This is again because I've had the experience of, of dining like, you mean if I actually met them in person, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Someone that you met in person that changed the way that you
0: viewed food. Right. So actually, it's a it's a it's a team. There's, a, there's three people. It's like a team of chefs. Right. So, you know, going to Japan and having had good you know Japanese food and sushi, you know, I've waited like, I think, four and a half hours to eat like sushi breakfast before in Tokyo. So. <laughs> I have, I became friends with, with, uh, it's a team of, uh, three chefs, two, two chefs and a pastry chef. They're all Filipino. Oh. And I met them in Orlando and they, uh, they have a restaurant called Cadence Orlando. And, and, and before they were called Capo, and they were basically doing kind of like, um, Japanese kaiseki cuisine. And I just never knew that, you know, the level of, of, uh, execution, you could get that outside of Japan. And that kind of opened my mind to try more Japanese restaurants. And now since then I've found, had a couple good experiences, but just the, so the, the, the team of, of chefs there, you know, they both have like, they all have like Michelin um, training, whether it be New York and London and all that. And, uh, and just, they just opened up my eyes to what you can take one cuisine and even though you're that's not like you're, you know, they're Filipino. And even though that they're not Japanese, they have that passion, they have the 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 artistic skills and they and they have the knowledge. And they continue, you know, pre-pandemic, they would go to Japan every year and and just to kind of eat through the the different cities and, and study the cuisine. So it's almost that like that mentality of like, you know, Japanese cooking where you really focus on like one cuisine for for like your entire life. So the fact that um um, it's like Chef uh, Lo and Mark, and they just the way they just execute the menu and and Chef Jen does her pastries. Like it just really gave me respect to to what young chefs can do, and the fact that they're so passionate about what they want to do. Like it really sings and resonates in the food. So I've met celebrity chefs who, that were were that were really great, but just to be able to know that. Um, you know that a younger chef that has worked under you know those trained chefs who opened up their own restaurant and they're Filipino. It's like, you know, the fact that there's very talented chefs. You know, you don't have to be a, a and it also changed my mind because you don't have to be like a a, a celebrity chef or a super high end like Michelin chef to be able to make impactfulness to a local community. And I think they really changed the way that people consume sushi in Florida. And, and especially in Orlando and, and then they've had other people who kind of, you know, started doing the omakase experience, but I still don't think people have reached their level in central Florida. But, um, but yeah, the, those guys at, at Cadence, they really impressed me and, um, know I'm lucky called to call them friends. And now, what's that? It's called Cadence? Cadence. Yeah. Cadence Orlando. And now they're going to open up a Filipino restaurant <gasps> called Kaya. Stop.
1: Yes. Okay. I have yep. to go. Like I just have
0: have to go to their restaurants. Yes. Restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those things like I've, I've met chefs at different restaurants. Like, like Vegas has a lot of talented chefs, but um, you know, and I've, I've dined at like, you know, you have like that bucket list of like restaurants or whatever. Um, For, um, for one of my birthdays recently, I, I went to Alinea in Chicago and that was just like, blown away like food the food there was just like and you know and they have the netflix special and all that stuff so you kind of understood a little bit of what the concept was but when you're there it's like you really have to even if it's like one time a year you treat yourself to one of those experiences it's like you just it just opens your mind of what's possible and 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 how it's almost like you know just bending your thoughts and, and just like just really like I don't know. It's just like, I see this on TV. Now you experience it. It's just like, kind of like, it just completes this experience. So, and I didn't go there just because of TV, but uh, you know, I think that, I think there were some chefs speaking about that, how people will go to their city to be able to try the restaurant because they saw it, whether it be on a food show or Netflix. But I think that's part of the the travel experience, right? Traveling to a new city, experiencing this restaurant you saw that, like, does it live up to the hype? Um, you know, but at the same time, they you know it brings attention to them but then you know it's it completes to me it ex- completes the experience so i always try to go local food but then i also try to do that like one like once in a lifetime dinner yes and uh and i did that also you know in in the philippines uh there's this place called toyo and they've they've uh they've uh the past few years landed at the best 50 restaurants of asia wow okay and I you're it. talking about I've never experienced so many like the different vinegars from different regions, how they had flavors, they accented the, 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 the food. And it's just like, there's so much respect that I have for, for talented chefs that use local, like local ingredients and really highlight that. And that's part of the travel experience. That's why I love traveling for food so much is because you just learn so much and how hyper-focused some of these, uh, talented individuals will, will highlight local ingredients.
1: I love that. How about in LA?
0: A good restaurant. Ooh, so LA, because um, I'm in
1: LA, I need to know.
0: <laughs> uh, the the guys at Lasa, which is Filipino American, they're they're like elevating like elevated Filipino food. Ooh, um, okay. Yes, yeah, so that was good.
1: You got to send um, me like a list of LA restaurants to try. Well,
0: yeah. Well, I have a hashtag Julius LA, so there's like a lot okay, of stuff okay. on Instagram, but. Well, I really appreciate LA is just like, you know, I just love like different places, like, like just legit Mexican tacos.
1: Oh my God. The tacos. I yeah. know there's one in North Hollywood. That is legit.
0: What What is it called?
1: Um, hang on. See now I'm blanking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: And I'm there like all the time. Like they know me, like I come in okay. and they're like, you want your shrimp taco? Like,
0: <laughs> Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> the shrimp tacos are bomb oh my god it's delicious like it's like 15 minutes from my house and there's plenty of taco places oh miranchito
0: miranchito Mi is it uh is it a food truck or is it a restaurant
1: a restaurant it's like a hole in the wall up in like weird area in north hollywood but it is great it has it was like what is it 765 yelp reviews
0: Oh, and wow.
1: Four and, a half, four and a half stars. And it's like a little hole in the wall. And the reason why I found it is because I was with my um, my friend who's a chef. And he was like, we just finished a shoot. I was just shooting him and uh, at a local studio there. And he's like, I'm hungry. And he's like, let me look for a place. And he's like, this Miron Cheeto place looks good. It has like all these Yelp stars. It's, I want to try it. Like, Because he also owns like a taco place. in in um He owns a, t- a branch of a, a taco place, TLT Food. Oh nice. Yeah, and so then he was like, you know, so he wants to try uh um uh, like a local place in the area that we were in and he was like this is good. Like that their taco plate amazing.
0: So back in the day we used to go to like uh to like Animal. Okay. A Republic.
1: Republic.
0: The yeah, Republic, it's kind of like French brasserie, kind of. Maybe I I could be yeah. wrong,
1: it looks beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. Um, wow, it's gorgeous! Yeah.
0: And then we went to this place called Leo's Ta- uh Leo's tacos, it's for their Al Pastor. And you know, and and then there's other places that I, I always like to uh I always go to um, whether it be for like like uh like tacos or we went to Smorgasburg. Uh, and experience like some of the, Oh
1: yes. Marcus you
0: know, like, like on a Sunday.
1: Yes. Uh, but
0: then sometimes, you know, I like, I always have to go for DK's donuts and for their Ube donut. I don't know if right. you
1: had, I've never yeah. tried it. DK's is, tried
0: it. Is, is good. Um, And one experience, I have this, I have this like local friend over there. Uh, his name's Ramil and he's Filipino. Of course uh, we connected through Instagram and he's like, you know, I went there. He's like, He's like, what do you want to do on your trip? I'm like, man, I just want to eat as much as I can in one, one day. <laughs> and he's like, really? He's like, okay, I'm gonna pick you up and we're gonna go, we're gonna go. And of course, on the day we decide to go, he gets a we get a flat tire. Like, <laughs> so it's like an hour and a half wasted, right? But we hit up 10 restaurants. What? Yeah. We started and uh he Uh, I was staying with my family in uh, La Mirada, I drove to him in in like SGV area and we went all the way to the west side and worked our way back.
1: Oh my lord.
0: Yeah, we went to donut shops, we went to like these Korean restaurants for dumplings. We had like this barbecue pop up. We had um, a burger uh called uh Irv's burger. Like we we just went like all out one day, just like wow. restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. And that's really just so I could get a good day of eating in LA. You know, like
1: wow. One just
0: getting across LA is like a journey. But to it, hit it, it, up like, you know, yeah.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. So I wrote all of those down because I'm definitely gonna try all of them
0: yeah and then like some of like the 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 filipino (laughs) restaurants too like pinoy pinay and cerritos yeah um, and all these other ones and i know historical filipino town has has restaurants there itself but but yeah when i go to la i love to try ramen at different places i like to try donuts um have
1: you been to donut friend
0: donut friend no but they're on my list
1: good Um, yeah Good. The coconut one that they have, Ooh, the coconut lime donut, holy. holy.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love donuts. And and that's the thing um, that I will definitely go. And, and the thing is, it's like, you don't get donuts like, like LA or like donuts, like there's only one place in Florida that has it, but it's also like, you know, culturally, like there's certain ethnicities that, that own donut shops. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if there's like an Asian owner and the donut shop, okay, these donuts are going to be (laughs) good. And it's going to be like an affordable box. Right. You're like, this is going to be good. Yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> I even had that experience in, in in Las Vegas. I looked up the reviews. I'm like, oh, it comes in the pink box. <laughs> and there's Asian people on the counter. And it's always like a nice fluffy donut. I mean, I do like the, everyone said the gourmet donuts. But man, there's just something. Maybe there's like a, an old mother yeast that they, they put in the donuts that just makes them so light and fluffy. And they've been around since like you go into these donut shops and it's like, okay, I'm back in the 1980s. You know, it's like old booths and whatever like that. And they're just like <laughs> throughout SoCal and. And I love finding those like hidden gems like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because the donuts here are really, really good. Like mm-hmm. I gotta say, like I moved here and I was like, damn, because I thought I'm like a New Yorker, New Jersey person, so I was kind of judgmental on donuts, and I was
0: like, wait, no, the donuts are really good over here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When you come to um, Atlanta, they the the owners of the there's a restaurant here called Estralita, okay. and they're from Jersey.
1: Okay. See. Yeah. So neat. it's like they, they have you have know, a thing about our donuts. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the donuts here are amazing. And Donut Friend is my favorite.
0: Yeah, Mine. I definitely have them on a on on a list. I have and I have all these like other Instagrams accounts. I have one account called Donut Drool. So it's like, and I use the hashtag. I haven't done much with the Instagram account, but like hashtag donut drool. So like I, I kind of like keep up with so I have all these like hashtags that I use and I share those with people too. It's like, hey, when you when you like when you come to hey, what do I eat in Miami? Oh, just look up hashtag drooliest Miami or I come to Orlando. Hashtag Julius Orlando. And I'm like, dude, there's like 500 posts. I'm like, well, I was there for like a long time, you know? And oh now God. in Atlanta, I use Julius Atlanta. The problem is people spam it. So now when people come to, to Atlanta, I can't say, hey, just check out my hashtag because a lot of people use it now. So I just have to kind of do that food guide. And I think overall is is as people, you know, come to visit, you know, visit this city and I go to other people's cities. My thing is just to create a, curate a good list and have that guide that people can actually find like really good food. Yeah. So, again, it always comes back to like traveling and food with me. It's like, that's why, you know, that's why I love.
1: I love it. Well, okay, so now I'm gonna ask you a really hard question. Okay. <laughs> Favorite dish ever? <sighs> ever? Ever? Ever. But first, let's start with
0: the dish, which... <laughs> Can I, can we go to, instead of dish, can we go to food experience? Yes. What is your favorite food experience? Well, how about food food experience slash dish? Okay. I'm kind of mixing yes. it up. And this is an interesting story too. So I know, you know, it's funny because I've talked a lot about the Philippines this episode. I've never talked about so much about it, right? I love that. <laughs> so we're, we're in the Philippines and this was 2015. There's a place called Car Car Market. Right. And so, Carcar is a little bit, I don't know, like a 30, 45 minute drive outside of Cebu City. And it's a market. And there's just stalls, like I'd say two rows of stalls. And it's just lechon. Oh,
1: my God.
0: You go there, you can literally sample lechon from each person. Right. One person uh specialize in the meats one person specializes in skin one person specializes in you know all these things and we were literally able to sample each one and we went back and ordered like this person we ordered just the skin this other where we just ordered the belly yeah so that when you said that that's what sparked into my head right i've had some great like tasty menus at like very whatever you know chefs but something about lechon just kind of bring me back to childhood where during the holidays we would like we'd in florida you know you could just you know clear some grass put some coals down and 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 the the uncles would be like you know roasting the pig by hand for like six hours and i remember that christmas and new year our neighbors would always do it my best friend's dad would do that and my uncles wow. would help them so you know fast forward to adulthood and i'm in the philippines and you get to experience this like free for all like lechon you know you could just taste everything right so based on the dish of lechon that's like my favorite like food experience and that's why i say dish i mean there's so many dishes that i that i could say that i love but that food experience like as soon as you said that that's what popped in my head so that's why i can't say like one single dish because i love a good foie gras dish i love a good um, you know sushi dish and, and all these like amazing combinations but just bring it back to the just that crunchy lechon skin you know what i'm talking about i know exactly what you're talking about yeah <laughs> and it's just lechon skin and you eat some hot rice and you put it
1: oh put the wine with the, with
0: the oh. pork the suka. and then the sauce one like the, the vinegar suka. right with garlic oh my gosh yeah. Oh, I get it. I totally get it. That's why I always go back to that, even though it's not a dish per se, but it's one of those like but it is a dish. dish. Yeah. It is a, it's a dish. dish.
1: It's, yeah. Oh, it's a dish. It's definitely yeah. a dish. And it has meaning to us, you know. It's that whole like it's part of our like culture. It's part of our all of our holidays. There's this whole thing that goes into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really special. Okay. Mm-hmm. Favorite restaurant. <sighs> There's always the lean back where you, ah.
0: Yeah. It's so hard. Uh, I, I'm just going to say the one that's been popping in my mind uh, since you since you kind of put that in my head. So, and we're not talking like local, right? This is just like a, it could be like oh, a one-time anywhere. experience.
1: Oh yeah, anywhere.
0: OK. So um, oh, I'm torn because I could say Alinea, which was amazing right, in Chicago, but there's this, uh, there's this restaurant in Tokyo called Den, D-E-N, and just the experience and the, the creativity of the dishes. And we just had lunch. I can't imagine even having dinner there. Like, blow my, ha- my mind, like, times 10. And it's a chef, uh, Zayu Hasegawa, and basically just a very talented chef. The way he presented his dishes, um, and I could send you the, the name of it, but, but just the attention to detail of, of, uh, of the food and the vibe. It's like they are, you know, mission star. They are, you know, maybe the top, I think they were like number two or three, like uh, best 50 uh, restaurants in Asia, the world's 50 best. yeah. Yeah. So um, at the time, uh, Den was, uh, I think they were number two or three at the world's 50 best restaurants. And just the experience itself from just checking in and, and everyone being so hospitable and, and it was very relaxed. Like I've been to like some like, 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 you know, fine dining restaurants that are a little stuffy. This was like very relaxed. Like you could just enjoy yourself. The meal was fun. And it was educational, and the way he presented his dishes, it was just a really great experience. And and at the end, we got he said, "Hey, would you like to take a photo with the staff and 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 take pictures with all the chefs?" And it was just a really good time. And and he's he himself, the chef, has become like a like a like an Instagram like person that people follow. And he's got this wow. little dog, and that does this thing. And the fact that he can can have such a highly elevated cuisine. Like I'd say like modern Japanese, but then just really uh, make it for a fun dining experience. It was just, yeah, I think that right now, I mean, I would love to go back there again. Usually when we, we travel abroad, we try to go to a different restaurant, like, so we don't repeat. But I'd say that was one of the ones that I would love to go back to just because the experience was so nice and it was fun and it was just so welcoming. And the food was just like, and the plane was just like outstanding. So I don't know how much he changes his menu because I know some dishes come back a lot, but it just, yeah, it was just a fun, it was just a fun experience.
1: I love that. I'm I have I now have like a huge list of restaurants to try because of you. Do you have any tips and tricks for anybody out there who wants to do what you do?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'd say for me, let your interest in food uh, and your passion lead you. So, you know, don't think you have to eat the same popular restaurants to everyone. It's, it's nice to try that. But go out there and do your own research. If you're, if you're really into a certain cuisine, like right now, birria tacos, right. are like hit the internet by storm. Um, it is. What's that? It's a thing. Oh, it's a thing. And it's an LA thing. Like beer, you know, so uh, are you familiar with birria?
1: Yeah, I just had some the other day. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, so you know, in Mexico, the birria is like, it's a is like, it's a soup. It's a consomme and you, you eat it with, with tortilla. So in LA they made it with, you know, they made it into a taco and then they put it with cheese and, um, And that it's just like, you know, that interests me. So I'm going to search out, even though it's popular, I'm still going to search out things that, and try to find the places that haven't been discovered yet. Right. Uh, So if you're into that, or if you're into, into a certain, um, like if you're into like soup dumplings, right. Like, yeah, everyone has their favorite, but you know, I I think for me, I use, I don't use Yelp. I don't use any of the trip advisor or those things. I really try to search, um, through like Instagram and through social media and I ask or I connect with someone local and I just ask for local recommendations because I feel like the locals kind of know the p- best places to eat right so if it were me starting all over again I would say one follow the food and 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 let your passion lead you Two, look for the local recommendation and just don't go with the what's popular or what's got high stars or whatever on, on Yelp or whatever like really really try to make a local connection or just at, you know, nine times out of 10, when you, when you ask, you hit someone up on Instagram and you start commenting, Hey, like, Hey, can I send you a message? And I'll just DM me like, Hey, can you send me your favorite list for locally? I think that's really the best way to be able to find like the, the hidden gems that no matter how, you know, how many reviews you read, you're never going to get the, get that local curated list. And that's why I hope to provide for people too. And, and basically, yeah, just, you know, don't worry about the numbers too much. Um, and, and let it be enjoyable because like you said, once you stress about the content, it becomes that job, unless it is your job, and that's fine if it, if, it, if it is, but you also have to kind of be like, okay, in the end of the day, why am I doing this, right? I think a lot of people want to become a food blogger or a food influencer, but really it, it might not be for the right intentions or the right reasons. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like they say for YouTube or anything else in social media, it's a marathon, right? You can't blow up. You know, a lot of these people, they think, oh, they're successful overnight. They blew up overnight on YouTube, but they didn't. They've been in it for 10 years. You just never heard of them before, right? You didn't, no one syndicated their content. So I think is, is another thing is, is, you know, letting the passion lead you, but also have the patience to, to, to run the marathon and keep on going. And, and it's okay if your interests change over the years, like everyone's interests, you know, change, yes. right? Yeah. But- I, I
1: always say it's okay to change. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to love one thing and then all of a sudden, you know, like something else all of a sudden, you know, and just completely change your path. It's totally okay.
0: Right. But all those previous experiences kind of like add add, you know, mm-hmm. they add value to to where you're at now, right? So yep. exactly. it's going to always, you know, that job you hated, well, maybe it taught you perseverance or maybe it taught you how you don't want your next job or your life to be, you know, you can kind of move past that. So I definitely, another thing is just let all your previous experiences teach you how to like move forward and, and go after what you really want. And, you know, as opposed to just being, you know, if you feel like you're stuck or, or just doing the same thing, you know, make those changes, like you said, but also make those changes for the better and use your past experiences to, to help guide you.
1: I love that. I was going to ask you, you might have a different answer though, because yeah. that sounds like it's uh, on the same route, but you mm-hmm. might have a different answer. Okay. Is there a piece of life advice that you can give to a younger you?
0: Don't be afraid to ask. And meaning that there have been times where like, should I ask that person this question? Or should I ask for a photo? like, Or should I ask for like, you know, just whether it be a conversation or or something like that, because that experience could pass by and that person could not be around later on. And I've had that happen to me twice now where, where I'm like, man, I should have just, you know, connected with them on a deeper level. Like something nudges you and you're like, no, that's okay. I don't want to bother them. But you know, unless you ask, you'll never know. And it's like one of those things that if you, there's some people who overly ask, right? and it's almost like to the borderline rude but there's some people that are like no i i, I don't want to be i want to be respectful i don't want to you know i don't want to push them but again it's like you know if you if i didn't put myself out there to go for those experiences i would never have got there right like that guy in, in tokyo he asked me if i wanted to go with him right if he never asked we would we would never have that experience right yeah so it's just basically asked the worst i could tell you is no and, and, and that's it. You move on. So I think for myself, I've, I've, I've passed up a couple of opportunities and I, cause I didn't ask. And I was like, Oh, I should have asked. And that's kind of like, you know, you don't want to say, Oh, I regret this or live the regrets. But one of those things like if I would have asked, I would have, I probably would have had another experience to share, you know, to maybe better someone else's, you know, life. So.
1: Um. I actually always say that I say, Oh yeah. You, you need to at least try. Yeah. Is, it's already a no. And if they say no, when you do try or ask. Right. right. And it was nothing, there's nothing different than before. but yeah, I, you
0: didn't lose out on anything. You don't Maybe lose it, out on anything. Yeah. It was already a it hurt no. ego, but I mean, other than right. that, you'll live. I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. And who cares? Like, just, you know, that's just another, just brush it off. It's not, it's not a thing. But what if is a lot, a lot more painful than the ego thing to me because then that plays out in my mind and so i think you know always at least taking the the leap you know because you don't know if that's actually going to be a yes
0: yeah you don't know if you don't try or and you don't know if you're if you don't ask so exactly and definitely agree with that yeah
1: it's a good piece of advice good piece of advice all right so last question mm-hmm. where can we find you
0: all right. So on most social media platforms, you can find me at Drulius. That's D-R-O-O-L-I-U-S. So that's like you're drooling. So uh, you can find me there. Uh, I have my website, Drulius.com. Um, On YouTube, which I'm really trying to push this year is Drulius Films. And on Facebook, Drolius Blog, but everything else, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok is just at Drolius. And I encourage anyone, if you guys have any questions about food and travel or want to learn more about food in a specific uh, city, let me know, hit me up on the DM, shout out this this podcast, and I will do my best to, if I don't have the knowledge, I'll definitely find, you know, reach out to someone local in that city because I would love to help you find some good food.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Junjun. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast. Stories and adventures of people who are jet-setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe. Share it to your friends. And follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.